0: Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Saint Luke. Now as they went on their way Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving She went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. The gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. The words that you just heard me read bring to a close the 10th chapter of Luke's gospel. And they will also bring to a close today our discipleship teaching provided in these four gospel passages we've heard the last few weeks that only appear... In Luke's Gospel. Our lesson today focuses on where our focus should be, where our focus should be as true followers and faithful servants of Jesus. The passage also reveals what can happen, it reveals what can happen when we become distracted and lose our focus on where priority one really is. The fact of the matter is, we all know that we live in a very high-speed, very anxiety-producing world today. In fact, it's estimated that more than 264 million people suffer in this world today from anxiety. In our nation, here in our culture, millions of people suffer and seek relief from anxiety daily, in all kinds of forms. We know what can occur when our body, mind, and spirit is afflicted by anxiety. Anxiety can cause numerous physical problems, heart attacks, strokes, autoimmune disorders, eating disorders, and many other serious physical conditions. Emotional anxiety knocks us off our balance, causing depression. It can make us distracted and absent-minded. It can often lead us to unhealthy addictions. Anxiety makes us grouchy, self-focused, and cause memory issues in people. And most of all, high anxiety disrupts our sense of balance, our sense of wellness, and erodes our peace. Spiritually high anxiety can cause us to focus our attention on ourselves and our own goals instead of focusing on Jesus and focusing on others. And what's most important, and that is our relationships. Friends, high anxiety is a disease of action. High anxiety is a disease of action. It's like our whole being is running on high speed, stuck in one gear, high gear. Sadly, the cause of our anxiety, though, often comes from well-intended goals. We often bring our anxiety on ourselves. For example, we have a sermon due on Sunday. (laughs) 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 Or we have a paper to write. Or some project to complete. And as time goes by, we've waited a little too long to start on it, and soon, anxiety starts to well up inside us. We also know what it's like to have guests coming over. We need to get the house cleaned up so it looks good, heaven forbid what people might think. Or maybe we have too much pressure on our jobs. We want to prove that we can handle anything, so we refuse to ask for help, and soon, anxiety is welling up within us. The fact is, my friends, there are hundreds, maybe thousands of reasons, often well-intended reasons, that cause us anxiety, that cause us to be distracted, that stress us, that worry us, and redirect where our focus should be. The more pressure we put on ourselves to succeed, the higher we set the bar of our perfect inner critic, the more our anxiety builds and eats away at us. Am I describing anyone you might know other than the guy who's speaking? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) That's weak. (laughs) We all suffer from this from time to time, friends. Friends, burnout breakdowns and complete meltdowns will happen when our ability to reach One of our own elevated, self-imposed standards becomes harder and more elusive, and we submit to the fact that we're suffering from anxiety. Well, what happens next? Well, we begin not only to doubt ourselves, we begin to take out all our self-imposed frustrations on those around us. Does that sound familiar? No! Yes, it does. (laughs) (laughs) That's priceless. (laughs) When that does happen, and it will happen, trust me, we start becoming the victim of anxiety. In a sense, anxiety is a kind of self-imposed narcissism in which we become closed off to everything but our own self-driven focuses. We try to do and do and do in order to make things right or to make things better. We often lash out in frustration, about the unfairness of our situation. But the sad reality is most times we usually bring most of the stress into our life on us ourselves. Often those around us have no idea of the frenzy we've created within our own lives due to our own devices since they had no real part often in that anxiety that's well enough within us. Well, that, my friends, is the situation with Martha in our scripture here today before us. You see, Martha has a goal, Martha's type A. Martha has a vision, she has a purpose, and it's not bad. Martha's focus is on the mission, and that's not bad either. In fact, in Jesus' culture, in her culture, hospitality was expected. You were expected to be hospitable to people, especially when someone was welcomed into your home, especially when someone very important and well-known came into your home, like Jesus of Nazareth. When that happens, you put out your very best effort. You want to treat them well, make them feel pampered and special. Martha, my friends, appears to be an excellent project manager. I'd want her on my team. She's a seasoned manager of others. She knows what it takes to pull off a successful event. She knows what and how to make it happen. Martha has mapped out in her mind who should do what to make that happen. Let me ask you a question. Is anyone in here ever prepared for a large-scale event other than Ted, that I know, and myself, and many others here? Who else has done that? Several. Or how about how many people in here today have even just had to prepare for a dinner event? And you needed someone to run an errand for you, go out and pick up some ice, or help straighten up around the house before the guest arrives. All of us, every one of us, have experienced that. All right, well, let me ask you this. Has anyone ever been annoyed when your significant other spends time talking, laughing, eating the snacks, socializing with the guests while the game's on, when you need him or her to help you get the things done. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Well, that, my friends, was Martha's situation here. She expected Mary to help her out. But Mary was sitting on the floor gazing up at Jesus, the same way as your significant other was gazing at the cowboy game when you needed help. The Greek translation of this story is rather interesting. It literally says that Martha was distracted by her service. Distracted by her service. She was busy serving. It's Martha's goal and mission at this gathering to be the one who serves. Yet she's busy, distracted, and anxious trying to all make it happen herself. Greek text also says, Jesus says you are anxious and turbulent. I like that. Anxious and turbulent. Well, turbulent Martha says to Jesus, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve here alone? Tell her to get up and do something. What was Mary doing? Well, the scripture says that she was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his word. Jesus then said to turbulent Martha, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Friends, this conversation reveals priority one is being with Jesus and listening to him. And I'm preaching to the choir because you're here today hearing his word. But just like last week, in these very unique passages from Luke, we need to be reminded of these points as disciples. Priority one is to be here, to be before Jesus listening to his word. But we also need not overlook the importance of serving. Serving is good. Martha was also doing exactly what faithful disciples do. We are called to serve. We're called to follow and serve as disciples. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. And friends, the church will always and always had needed Marthas and always will. The Greek word for serve right here is the same word that's used for ministry. All forms of ministry must be done in the spirit of service. If not we can quickly find ourselves serving from an angry spirit, a self-imposed, self-driven, narcissistic necessity of service. That's what's happening here to Martha. Instead of feeling goodwill, grace, and peace from serving Jesus, instead of feeling joy and love, Martha feels anxiety and anger. She's not focused on Jesus, who she's serving, but she's focused on her expectations. She's focused on the task, the timing, and all the details to be taken care of. And thank goodness for people like that in our lives, right? She's not enjoying her service ministry. She sees it, though, as a task to complete. And when it gets to that point, we're not in a good space. Martha has turned the beauty of serving, the beauty of hospitality ministry, and it is a ministry, my friends. You ladies in the kitchen that are laboring, God bless you. But she's looking at her hospitality ministry as a labor and a duty at this point. Martha has made her ministry service about task and list instead of personal engagement, fellowship, joy, and being in the presence of Jesus. And Jesus, you noticed here, does not scold Martha for her service. And Jesus is not saying it's okay for Mary also to never get up and help and get in the game. That's not the case at all. Jesus is saying the importance of being at His feet and hearing God's Word and having a relationship with Him is priority one. Being in God's Word and having a relationship with Jesus is priority one. That is a priority one for all of us as his followers. Friends, without developing an authentic, genuine personal relationship with Jesus, ministry quickly becomes self-serving and soon turns into a burden on our backs. Only when our ministry, meaning our service, Evolves from a loving relationship with Jesus do we feel the true joy, peace, and satisfaction of serving others in Christian love. You see, true ministry comes from marinating, marinating in the presence of Jesus. I want to leave you this morning with a true story about a guy who was at once an Anglican priest. He's a father of the faith. His name is John Wesley. Well, John Wesley, he did all things right in his formation. He was raised in the faith. He was highly educated, and he was ordained an Anglican priest. He fed the poor. He visited the sick. He visited people in prison. He gave his time, talent, and treasure to those in need. He did everything he felt he could, yet his inner bar of self-approval had been set so high that he found himself constantly anxious. Might that describe anyone that you know? Maybe you? Friends, John Wesley suffered from high anxiety. Wesley finally realized, with the help from some Moravian friends, that his inner peace would never come from reaching endless goals on his long to do list that only one thing is necessary. One thing. An authentic relationship with Jesus Christ in full comprehension with all his heart, soul, and mind that redemption and serving the Lord is a free gift of Jesus' love for him. John Wesley eventually changed his tune and he also changed his busy planner. John Wesley changed after Jesus warmed and stilled his busy heart. John Wesley sat at the feet of Jesus and allowed his word to fully permeate his heart, mind, and soul, which made John Wesley a new person. Friends, John Wesley, after being ordained and been in the ministry a long time, had finally been born again. Does that speak to anyone? We can be baptized, confirmed, all that till we have a true relationship, an authentic relationship with Jesus. We're not going to know the love of Christ or be able to continually give the love of Christ away. Instead of doing things because he felt he had to in order to attain his salvation, John Wesley was now doing them because he knew he had salvation. His service and joy of ministry grew out of an inner peace he found in his new relationship with Jesus. His newfound security of Jesus' love for him. His deep desire to love others the way that Jesus loved him. John Wesley's new relationship with Jesus sparked a spiritual revolution in this world. That spiritual revolution eventually became the Methodist Revolution and formed the Methodist Church. Friends, it's easy to become busy and distracted with the work of the church, with the building, with our ministry desires, our responsibilities and goals, and lose our focus on priority one. And that is spending time with Jesus. Friends, oftentimes the hardest part of being a human being is just to stop, be still, and to be. Friends, and disciples' primary focus must always be on Jesus. Always. We aren't the church in order to fulfill our list of things that we want to do. We're here today to sit at Jesus' feet, listen to him, and personally engage with him, and to receive his life-given presence through the sacrament. We're here today to worship and rejoice in our relationship with him. Friends, Jesus' story of Martha and Mary is more relevant today, probably, than it was then. Because this world is so busy today, so demanding, and has so many things that can bring on anxiety and all kinds of other conditions that we've never needed to hear this message more than now. Jesus knows our struggles. He knows your busyness. He knows your distractions. He knows the anxiety that you wrestle with. Our circumstances may change and may be different than Martha's and Mary's, but the message has never changed. And priority one is never changed. (laughs) Jesus says, one thing is necessary and it can never be taken away. I challenge you today to take an inventory of your priorities and an inventory of how you're serving and what's the barometer on where you're at with the stress in your life. If you're suffering from anxiety, and trying to please others. I'm going to leave you with four little points that I would recommend to you. They're ones that I try to implement in my life, but I fail just like everybody else. First, decide what's important. Make a list of no more than four items. Remember to put the big rocks in first or they won't fit. Examine your commitments. Examine your commitments. Are you overextended? Be honest. If you think you're overextended, you are. So figure out what you can drop off. Leave space between the tasks. Don't schedule things back to back. If you feel rushed, leave early. Let me say that again. Leave early. (laughs) We bring more stress on our lives waiting to get looking good and get late, and we're driving like maniacs on 183 out there, and we brought our stress levels so high that we're telling our friends out the window how much we love them, and it's our fault because we took too much time to get ready. That's one of the few things you can control in your life, friends. Get ready early, leave early. You may save yourself a heart attack or save somebody from getting run over by you. Fourth, create time each day to be still. Now, I know this is going to be hard for you to believe, but I am still from time to time, usually at 2 (laughs) AM. And I'm up then. You have to make time in your day to be still. You have to make time for Jesus, folks. If you don't, he'll make time for himself and put you down. Make time for him. Whatever time it may be, 2 AM works. It's the only time I can take time with Jesus before my day starts at 4 a.m. This final point, friends, is a non-negotiable requirement. You must make time for Jesus. It's priority number one. Never forget Jesus tells us here today that only one thing is necessary. One thing. Carve out time to be in his presence. And then... As Paul tells us, do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Friends, in Christ alone, in Christ alone, we find true peace and we find our purpose. That is is the thing that can't be taken away. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.